Thank you for tuning in to the Voice of the Victim podcast. We discuss a lot of sad and potentially triggering things on this show. We try to be as sensitive and cautious as possible, but if you are sensitive to things involving abuse and may be triggered, please think twice before listening to our show. Welcome to the Voice of the Victim podcast. I'm Rosie. Hey guys, I'm Ryan. And it is our 100th episode today. Can you believe that we've made it this far? Can you put like a little clapping hands sound thing in there? I'll snap because I'm holding wine. (laughs) Yes. It's been a long journey, you guys, from 1 to 100. Ryan's feeling a little sad right now. Yeah. But he's going to be okay. Because we're gonna answer some fun questions. I'm I'm not sad. I'm a little in a funk because I just read some bad feedback. One would say put out. Yeah, but in reality, I'm very uh, content with life. <laughs> you just got a little bad feedback from a listener. It's gonna be fine. It's it's tough right before recording to get critical feedback from someone that actually likes. Or used to like your show, because it's harder to get critical feedback from someone is. that you care about than it is from some troll. So it's okay, and we do really much, very much so, take to heart what you say, what everybody says to us about our show. Yeah, we are very much human beings that are We're sensitive, and I need we need thicker skin, probably. Mm. We're just a couple of soft beans, really. Soft beans. and. That is something we need to work on is not having hurt feelings all the time because this show isn't for everybody uh-huh. and it's going to be okay. Yep. And we also need to work on pronunciation <laughs> and... Um, Talking in general. And this will be easier for us to do because Ryan has some exciting news. Yeah. I'm drinking wine. It, well, was that the exciting news? <laughs> I'm going to share the exciting news at the end of the episode because there's a question about oh, it. Right. So. Oops-a-daisy. <laughs> well, let's move on. Well, first, before we start, I just want to say, if you're still listening to us, thank you so much. Yeah. The show has been such a learning experience. <laughs> the Bachelorette contestants would call it a journey, but I'm going to call it a learning experience. <laughs> yeah. I, the past couple months have been tough. Because of work and being busy and trying to find motivation. Family dramas as well. Yeah. Dealing with lots of contention that we're not causing, but we're dealing with the brunt of the fallout. So it's been stressful. (laughs) Hopefully it hasn't come through in our show too much. But as you can tell, this is a very real episode. We're just going to... But... Based on the news that I'm going to share later, we will have a much more focused approach in the future for our podcast. Mm -hmm. And it'll be great for 
the listeners, and it'll be great for us to be able to have more time to make the best show we can, because obviously we've been really rushed in the past trying to get a new episode out every week and be as detailed and accurate as we can with only having a couple hours a week to actually work on it. It's a lot, Mm -hmm. Um, and we love doing it, but we know the quality can suffer sometimes just because we're so busy. Right. This is our baby, and this baby's getting bigger, and bigger babies need more attention. Now they probably need, they always need attention. But my point is, is that this is our child, and we need to give it all the love it needs. So thank you guys for sticking it out with us. Mm-hmm. We have some questions that you guys have sent in to us so kindly. Mm-hmm. And I guess we better get started on them, because we have, what, 50? Yeah, roughly around there. Um, sorry if I didn't say your question. <laughs> I've tried to find them all. I've been digging and searching and scrubbing through emails. So I think I found most of them. Mm-hmm. And first, these are going to be our Instagram questions. Cheyenne gave us quite a few. We're going to start with hers. Number one, will you guys ever do a video version of your podcast? Yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, probably. I personally am so self-conscious. I just really hate talking to a camera. But Ryan is quite used to it because he does that when he makes music videos. So probably in the future we will. Yeah, well, we're actually recording a video tonight for right. our Patreon. We've we've already tried recording it once, and then my camera, my phone crashed, which we were using as the camera. And lost the entire video file. So, <laughs> but honestly, it's that okay. That was a waste of an hour. I was just hiding behind the cat anyway, most of the time. It's true. This time we'll be a little more prepared. But anyway, I would like to do more videos. You know, maybe start posting them to YouTube eventually. Good. For you. Number two <laughs> <laughs> What has been your favorite episode or story thus far? Oof. You go first. Hmm. Well, I have to say that the story that I still think about the most is Liam Fee, which is such an old story. It's one of our first ones. But I don't know. It's hard to say a favorite story because they're they're very sad (laughs) stories. So it's not like I don't really covet one more than the others. I try to be very unbiased and... Well, you felt a personal connection to it because he reminded you so much of your brother. Yeah, so that's why I would say Liam. What about you, Ryan? Oh, man. Well, I think that this, uh, the recent Jason Corbett episode we did, Mm -hmm. that really stood out to me because it's scary that someone would take advantage of the fact that, you know, so many people have been abused and lie about it, and use that as an excuse for murder. And that's a very interesting one. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I have a personal connection to every single case we do because I spend hours and hours making an outline and researching, and it's like, by the time I'm done with an outline, I'm like, that Mm. was, it's you know, it's kind of draining to focus on these things for such a long time while you're creating an outline, but, you know, it's important to talk about. So, Mm -hmm. all right. What's the next question? 
What is a <clears throat> burp talk? <laughs> what is a story that you look forward to sharing with us? Oh man. Well, I'm really excited to do a deep dive into the Ariel Castro. It's something oh. I've been trying to mm-hmm. I've been planning for a long time, but it there's there's so much to go through because there's three separate victims that I wanted to wait until I had more time to dedicate it, dedicate to it, mm-hmm. to make the episode, you know, detailed and accurate. Mm-hmm. So, and I personally am excited to do an episode with the background of blood diamonds and um, where our jewelry is coming from overseas. I find it very interesting, and I feel like a lot of people don't know much about where their precious stones come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that documentary we watched was really interesting. Yeah. Just the the difference in quality of life is, it's really sobering when mm-hmm. you think about it. But it makes you grateful to live in a country that has so many comforts. Right. You know? All right. Number four, tell us about your cats. <laughs> oh, we'd love to. <laughs> Um, well, we have three. We have Zucchini, which is our first rescue. He's, he's the one with the chopped off ears and the pudgy face. He's around nine or ten now, would we you think? Say? I don't know. Right? Um, Burrito. Well, I guess Quesadilla came in the picture next. He's our orange tabby. He's very shy, but he's also a love bug. We usually call him Mama Quasi. Yeah. We, he's, <laughs> he's he just looks a, like the owl from Fox, Fox and the Hound. <laughs> he's just a big fat mama. We love yeah. him. Um, but, yeah, the, a very interesting thing happened when we first got him. And we might have told this story in the past on the podcast, but he is so nervous that when I brought him home from the vet after we brought him in for his initial checkup, he uh, he got out of his cat carrier and ran under a chair. And he was under there for, like, four hours, I'd say. And I finally was like, we got to get him out because the vet said we should keep him in the bathroom by himself for a week because he just because he's so nervous that he can only take in so much at a time. So he was supposed to be in one small room of the house, but he hid under the chair for such a long time. So I was trying to get him out before he went to bed, and I had to pull him out. And once he came out, <laughs> he flipped out and... Like, clawed me. I tried picking him up, and he, like, started flailing and clawing me. And then he finally ran into the bathroom, and I shut the door. But, like, I was in the bathroom with him, and he was running, trying to claw his way up into the corners of the bathroom. (laughs) And he ended up ripping one of his back claws out because he was just, like, so frantically trying to run away. Mm -hmm. So, turns out he came from a past of a really rough shelter who they were really abusive to their animals and didn't treat them well at all. So he had a really rough past, and that's why he was so scared. He didn't eat for like three or four days. He was super skinny. I had to sit in the bathroom with a (laughs) can of tuna and shove it like right under his nose to get him to just drink the water out of it Yeah. so he wouldn't get dehydrated because we'd set food and water in there. All day, and we'd be at work, so nothing, no interference, and he wouldn't touch it. Like, he was that scared just to come out of his little uh, cat home mm-hmm. thing. His little box. 
But he's come such a long way. He's gained a, a lot of weight. <laughs> it's probably like 20 pounds he's now. He's comfortable now. Um, but, yeah, at least he's making a lot of progress. Mm-hmm. And he yep. looks to snuggle with us now. Yes. And Ryan has a strange little relationship with Queso, for sure. And then our last cat is Burrito. Um, Burrito was a rescue cat that I got right after Frito died. And he was just a little bean. I loved him so much. He is my cat, for sure. He's bonded with me. But he loves us both. He likes to, when we were... When we get in bed at night, he likes to lay between us on his back with his legs in the air and, like, switch between us. Like He does. It's he so like cute. He, sw- like, falls onto us with his back to us and, like, snuggles into us. We call it's it his really nightly cute. dote. We dote on him. Yeah. <laughs> it's really dumb and embarrassing, actually. But, yeah, well, so those are our three babies. What can you do? Zucchini recently just went to the vet for his limp, which turns out he's fine doctor was yanking on his leg and trying to feel the his you know his bones and his foot and his paw and he pretty much just said your cat's just a jerk and he's faking it <laughs> <laughs> so that's the second time we've brought him in for the limp and now i'm starting to believe it that zucchini just does that for attention yeah we don't it's i, th- I mean it's it sounds possible in my understanding and as you know i'm an idiot but he notices he gets a lot more attention when he's limping. So just like a cat can be trained with treats, Mm -hmm. he's trained with attention that if he limps, he gets more of it. So that's how I'm, which he got plenty before. but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were never not giving him attention. Anyway, one more question from Cheyenne. She says, tell us something you've learned from doing the podcast. Oof. I know. You go first, yeah. I guess one of the main things is that everybody has an opinion. (laughs) And they are willing to tell you, (laughs) no matter if you want to hear it or you don't want to hear it. You are going to hear it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And most of the time, we really love hearing opinions, um, especially when they're kind and considerate and remember that you're a human and (laughs) very much prone to make mistakes. But... um, the thing I've learned is that I still have ADHD. <laughs> it, it, if I get any distractions while I'm trying to make an outline, it's like, you know, it's it's hard to focus sometimes. But once I do get focused, mm-hmm. it's like I'm laser focused and I can't get my mind <laughs> off of it. Yeah, very true so for you. The joys of having ADHD. Yeah. It's beneficial when you're really focused on something. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... We've got some amazing feedback, and it's so much easier to dwell on the negative than the positive, I'm sad to say. Yeah. That's what i, I got to say. I feel so guilty, like, feeling sad about what I just read when so many of you have given us mm-hmm. such nice feedback and been so kind to us. So thank you. Even if you have something critical to say, you've done it in such a kind way that we, it doesn't, you know, cut us to our core and... Mm-hmm. We we really try to do better every week. We try to work on things, but you know, once you start working on one thing, other things start to slip, and that's just the way it is. It's a constant work in progress. Um, but yeah, we really appreciate your positive feedback, and we I, I really want to try to focus on it more. But mm-hmm. 
one of the things that I've practical that I've learned from this is just how to organize a, um, a story into different sections and you know I, I'm always trying to get better at it but writing an outline is definitely like work like working out a muscle the more you do it the easier it gets mm-hmm. and you can try certain things see if they work you know of like how to organize a story so that's been pretty fun just to learn how to do that and I'm still very much learning because I'm nowhere near as good as a lot of other podcasters but hopefully I'm going to start focusing on that with more energy and time more vigor yeah so thank you Cheyenne we really appreciate your questions this episode of Voice of the Victim podcast is sponsored by Best Fiends We talk about a lot of tough things on our podcast. You guys know that sometimes it wears us out and it's really mentally exhausting. But something that has helped us with that is Best Fiends. It gives our minds a workout and it really helps us get into a better mindset after a long day of hard researching. Rosie is very much better at it than I am. (laughs) Thank you. What level are you on now? I just finished up 254, so now I'm I'm trying to defeat 255. I'm embarrassed to say what I'm on, so I'll just try to get better, and I'll <laughs> tell you next time. It's cute right now because everything's green and leprechaun-y. I pretend they all say, they're after me, lucky charms. Is that the world you're on, or is that because of St. Patrick's <laughs> it's Day? It's because of St. Patrick's Day. Very nice. Along with that, they keep everything updated. Mm-hmm. Each so the season. game never gets boring. It's always like different themes. Yeah. I think I liked the Valentine's theme the best, though. That one was so cute. That makes sense. <laughs> it's super engaging, and it's weird because I've never been a fan of puzzle games because my ADHD, I'm like, ugh, it stresses me out. But mm-hmm. this game, very surprisingly relaxing mm-hmm. and fun, while at the same time keeping my mind active. Yeah, I feel so. the same way, actually. Like, I never was into the other ones because they were all the same, it seemed like. Like, every single level was the same. This one is so different every single time. Yeah, they update regularly. And I love that you can play it at your convenience because, obviously, we're very busy. Mm -hmm. But anytime you have a little bit of extra time... You you don't even need Wi-Fi. Yeah, you don't need any internet connection So you can be on a train or a plane, even though you probably aren't going to be on a plane anytime soon. Too real. <laughs> Snuggle in, quarantine, <laughs> and best fiends. Yes. Best fiends and chill. And you might get to level 1,000 after this quarantine. I'm going to TM that. <laughs> best fiends and chill, guys. <laughs> and the game's really nice to look at. It features lots of bright colors and cute characters. I love Bob. <laughs> the ladybug? Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> See, it brings couples closer together. It does. <laughs> So engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R, Best Fiends. Because you're going to need something to do while you're quarantined. Next is... Heather. All right. Heather, number six. You asked, what is your favorite crime podcast to listen to? I think this one's pretty easy for us to answer. Generation Y? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the Generation Y was the first podcast I ever listened to because Rosie 
started listening to it. Like, when was that? 2017 you started listening to it? Probably. Around there. Like, I think January 2017, I started hearing you listen to it. Because it was just over a year before we started podcasting. But, um, yeah. Gen Y all the way. Yeah, they've got, they have a good dynamic, and I like their banter back and forth. They just have a really smooth way of doing it, and we kind of have, like, the fact guy and the um, throw-in. Like, they're both fact guys, but, like, one's a little bit more easygoing than the well, other, yeah. and I like that. I think Aaron's a little more, like, strict, constructed, like, yeah. planned out, and Justin's more like... A little bit more bad boy. He's more like <laughs> the, know. you know, yeah, off-the-cuff, says what he's thinking. yeah. It's really cool. And, of course, in person, they're the nicest guys ever. So mm-hmm. we love hanging out with them. Number seven, how long does it take to produce one episode? Oh, man. Hours and hours and hours. Well, how long do you spend, Rosie? <laughs> Approximately one to two hours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trying to compare. I'm sorry. Um, obviously... I've said this before, but I do all the research and outlining and stuff. And for a short episode, like a 40-minuter, it's probably four hours minimum to put an outline together. Then there's the recording time, which is, you know, at least as long as the episode is, plus another 20 minutes because we make so many mistakes that we have to edit out. (laughs) Um, Then there's the editing time, which is probably four times as long as it takes to record and then there's the publishing there's the social media and all that so i'd say for a four or for a 40 minute episode probably at least eight hours of work yeah that's what i was thinking in my head so yeah it depends on the episode the length of time that we plan on talking for that episode in the case itself, how much information Ryan can find on each case. Yeah, it also very much depends on how good of a source I can find. Some some topics have a source that, like, almost everything you need to know about the person's life and everything is in one source, namely, like, a book or something like that. But if there's no book or it's a really recent case and you kind of got to put the story together based on several different sources... That takes a lot longer to write one page of an outline than if you were working from a book or something like that. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of factors that go into it, mm-hmm. but it takes a while. All right, let's move on to Lola's questions. Number eight, what made you start the podcast? Well, it was a cold, dreary night at Acapulco. One Monday evening when we were having tacos. (laughs) And uh, I was talking to Ryan about the newest Generation Y episode I was listening to, I believe. Well, I think I was telling you about it because I listened to it at work. Oh, maybe that's how. And it was the Last Girls of Panama episode that Jen and I did. We always had like this thing where he would tell me about the episode because he usually would listen to it before me. Yeah, on our way to dinner, I'd tell her about the latest Gen Y episode. It was fun. And um, I guess we just, like two little kids, were like, what if we made our own podcast? Well, because the story <laughs> of the Turpin family had just broken. That was fresh. And we were like, holy crap, this is crazy. What if we made a podcast focused on cases like this? And, and we did. Yeah. 
And our first episode was absolutely horrendous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But But we kept going like ignorant kids. Yeah, we've come a long way since episode one, I would say. Yeah. Let's pretend that next week is our first episode. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Like, um, okay. Like, we use everything we've learned in these hundred episodes and be Mm -hmm. like, welcome to our first episode of the Voice of the Victim podcast. No, probably a bad idea. Yeah. But, yeah, that's why we've been at such a war with ourselves, whether we should delete our first 17 episodes or not, because... We just don't want people to start a number one when they listen to us, when they find us initially. And I did add a clip at the beginning of episode one, like... Did you? Well, then don't delete them. People, no one's being... No one says delete them. It's just us. True, true. Um... Did we answer the question? What was the question again? We did. Okay. Number nine, how did you guys meet? I would like to hear your version of the story. Have you ever heard of Multiply? (laughs) It was this website that was before Facebook. Um, It was social media. It was after Ringo. Before, I guess Facebook was around, but it was before Facebook was big. Mm -hmm. And it was social media. We had... We had multiple mutual friends in real life, but we'd never <laughs> met in person. Mm-hmm. And so we kind of met on Multiply, and then later on we met in person in real life. Like when a group of our friends were hanging out? And Rosie was like, ugh. I was like, oh, you don't really look like your profile picture. <laughs> Isn't that the thing that always happens? And then I developed a crush for his best friend. And you for mine. How did I not look like my profile picture? Because I was wearing a beanie? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I looked like a... I don't know. You just looked like um, a little punk kid. And that's what I wanted at age 13, 12. You were 12? No, you were 13 when we met. It makes such a difference. And there was no, absolutely no interest back then. Yeah. No, we were not interested in each other at all. <clears throat> Dang. It's a long time ago. It was a long time ago. Number 10. Are there ever days when the pod just feels like too much work? Today. Yes. (laughs) Not today, I wouldn't say. But I have felt like that, especially when it's December. It's never that it feels like too much work. It's that sometimes it can feel like, does anyone actually care? Like, does this matter to anyone anymore? And and we know that's total BS because there are so many people that appreciate what we do. But it's usually right after reading something negative mm-hmm. that we're like, it just takes the wind out of your sails for a couple hours. Or if we procrastinate and we don't record when we probably should, and then it feels like our week is completely filled up and we aren't going to have any time for it. It can be stressful. It's just time management. Yeah. And I'm not trying to complain about the criticism. Yeah, gee whiz, you That's, are. I'm not trying to at all. It's completely, like, we say, send it in. We don't care. It's just that I shouldn't be recording right after reading it. And, like, I should be able to take the criticism, swallow it, digest what I need to learn from it, and then spit out the crap, you know? Technically, you should poop it out at that point, but Okay. Well, there's no toilet paper, so. <laughs> Everyone's stealing the toilet paper. By the way, I hope everyone is healthy. And if you're dealing with um, sickness from the coronavirus or 
you know anyone who has i mean on the other side of the world in europe and uh china there's so many bad cases like italy's having such a rough time right now and to please if you are experiencing this or you're just like i live so and so or where and where and all this stuff is happening around me we want to know so email us your stories because we plan on making a patreon episode about living through coronavirus and just seeing like all the changes in society and community because it's i mean going to target is now a real intense situation (laughs) same with walmart even just being in big groups of people is a is a compromising situation do you shudder when someone behind you at starbucks coughs yes it's just weird (laughs) but like when we recorded last week's episode where we talked about coronavirus like we were kind of lighthearted because like it hadn't hit the reality and magnitude of the situation Mm -hmm. but in this past week you know another national emergency and stuff it's like we don't want to panic. Don't panic. That never helps. But don't be casual about it either. Take it seriously. It's something that you know could be dangerous. No one really knows exactly what's going to happen. But just don't panic. Try to keep a safe distance from people. Mm-hmm. Don't try not to infect anyone. Try not to be infected. You know, I mean. Probably the best thing you can do is keep, like, seven feet away from people. And get groceries for your grandma, because don't make her go out there right now. It's too scary. Well, <laughs> bring her groceries. You never know what's on them. <sighs> anyway. Anyway, we got to get off on. this. I'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about coronavirus. Victoria asked, only choosing one each, what is your favorite, or who is your favorite Disney Wait, character? I, thank you, Heather and Lola. I forgot to say that. Thank you, guys. All right, Victoria, this is a great question, (laughs) something we're very passionate about. It's so hard because I have three. How am I supposed to narrow it down from three? You can only choose one. She made that very specific. But can I, I need to put three out there and then choose from that three so everybody knows. Okay, put the three out there. We'll make a pros and cons list. Okay. Pocahontas, Peter Pan, King Triton. (laughs) Nope. I'm shocked. I thought... No, Ariel is not in my top three because she doesn't want to be a mermaid. I want to be a mermaid. I'm like, get get out of here with those legs. Like, no one wants to be a human and want to be mermaids. I would have guessed Moana for you. Oh, I you forgot about Moana, though. Oh. You love to just get away and explore. For how much I love Moana, though, Pocahontas and Peter Pan and King Triton have been with me longer. Mm-hmm. I... I also love Mufasa. Peter Pan, it's a really nice concept, but at the same time, it's like you can't hold on to that forever or weird stuff starts to happen. You know? Yeah. Like, you got to eventually accept the fact you got to grow up. Okay. Pocahontas, I've taken multiple Who Are You Disney Princess quizzes, and it's pretty clear that I'm most like Pocahontas. Yeah. So she's up there because she, man, I understand her. Mm Mm-hmm. And this is why you're so jealous of my very small amount of Native American roots. It's true, because all I am is a bag of Wonder Bread. Swedish, Norwegian, whatever else. Danish. (laughs) Wonder Bread. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What else? Oh, yeah. And then King Triton. 
but I might change him out for Mufasa already because Mufasa is such a f- steady father figure. That, it looked, sounded like you were about to say something bad. No, <laughs> you started stop saying father right in the middle. <laughs> anyway, you've set like sixteen characters. You need to narrow it down okay, to one. I think I already know who. Okay, deep down in my heart, I think I'm going to pick Pocahontas. Very nice. Yeah, thank you. And cool. I also had an obsession with John Smith when I was little. My parents well, can both attest go. to that. I'm sorry that I'm not blonde and I'm not tall. even into blonde guys, but <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know that I, they look too much like my relatives. I'm, I'm not into it. <laughs> All right. Um, do I get to choose? Yes. One? Sorry. All right. Man, I should have thought of this. While I you already were know who it is. Jasmine from Aladdin. <laughs> That's his princess crush. This is favorite Disney character, not hottest <laughs> cartoon character. Okay. Okay. Um, Who's your fave? Oh man. I'd have to say the grandma from Moana. Oh because solid she's choice. such a good example of kids are going to grow up to be adults. They're going to do their thing. You can either fight it or you can accept it. And you can either guide them or you can try to control them. You know, you got to be a guide. Do you think of my grandma when you think of that grandma? I do. And also, I call my grandma Grandmother Willow from Pocahontas. Yeah. The tree, Grandmother Willow. So that's how hardcore Pocahontas is to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Really took this question uber seriously. <laughs> I got to say, I'm starting to feel better now. Good. Was it this question? Yeah. Thank you, Victoria, for getting Ryan out of his funk. Yeah, and thank you all for everything. Like, you guys are awesome. You guys are so amazing. And please Being on this let journey us know with you. if you're sick. Are we surprised that Maddie and Peter have already broken up? No, we're not. You know, as as annoyed as people are with Peter's mom, and if you don't know what we're talking about, we're so sorry to alienate you. We're talking about the Bachelor finale. Okay. And I don't want to spoil it just in case they haven't seen it. Are you kidding me? But, it's everywhere. Okay. As, as upset as a lot of people are with Peter's mom, she was kind of sharing her wisdom and experience about, you know, relationships and what makes them work. And... Maddie and Peter were so incompatible. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I just said, kids will grow up as adults. They'll do what they want to do. You can't control the choices. So I'm conflicted. <laughs> but in all honesty, The Bachelor is just a stupid concept altogether. So <laughs> Moving you can't, on. <laughs> you, can't, you can't find eternal love in two months. I'm sorry. Right. Okay. Moving on to Lola's questions. What made you start the podcast? Couple beers and some tacos, to be honest. Um, just kidding. Rosie, we already did that. Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I like. We're that. on to Claire now. I like that answer though. Ooh, Claire, um, from Exercising Depression podcast. She's very kind. Always very. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. Always very supportive. You read a couple questions. Okay. So Claire says, if you had to do another podcast, what would it be about? Okay, I already have an idea. Okay. I think it would be really fun to talk about things. I don't want to give your idea away. 
I'm just kidding. You can, I really think someone might steal it. I don't. Go ahead, steal my idea. <laughs> I think it'd be fun to talk about things that like nobody else thinks about, like really simple things. Like for instance, I don't even know. Like when you go to do your windshield washer fluid and it's empty. <laughs> no, I'm trying to think of what I'm trying to think of, but it's hard. Like. How many birds ingest balloons when you let them go in the air? Oh. <laughs> just how, weird stuff. How many straws from Minnesota make it to the ocean? Or like, has a hermit crab ever tied a shoelace in a bow? <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know. I just, I'm taking a reach there. It might be hard for your listeners to know what they're subscribing to. I just want like a, a really weird podcast about super random and, and things that people don't usually think about. That would be cool. And Or like what happens to all the shells from peanuts when they're making peanut butter? Wow. Well, shells are <laughs> compostable, so I'm sure that they just compost them. Yeah. Is there a better use for fish scales when people are cleaning their fish? Also, organic material that's compostable. Who's the first person that decided we needed to wear fake eyelashes to make ourselves look pretty? Vanity. Anyways, stuff like that. All right. Well, I would make a podcast, and I know this is done by so many people, but it's a very vast subject. Conspiracy theories? No. Oh. History. Oh, yeah. You know, like the dollop? Yeah, we love the dollop. You know? Like, it's there's so many stories from history to tell, and it's fun to just organize it into your own little mm-hmm. interesting way of telling it. I love listening to stories from history. Yes, the dollop episode about the squirrels, the war on squirrels, gets me every time. Oh, man, so good. So funny. So yeah, funny. Gareth is funny. Number 13, would you ever visit the U.K.? Well, Claire, technically I have. On the way home from Portugal, I was in the UK for about three hours. Oh, good for you. <laughs> in England, in the airport. and um, That's not visiting the UK. I know, but I touched the cement ground. Wow. Yeah, we would totally go to the UK. I really want to go to the UK. I'm up Especially, for anything there. I want to pop up to Scotland and go to the... Um, Visit some scotch factories or whatever they're called, distilleries. In, in fact, Claire, if you could give us a few like highlight places to visit, we would love to know about them. Yeah, help us make our itinerary. If I definitely want to go there. Um, I've never been out of North America. I've only been to Canada, Mexico, some Virgin Islands, and Central America, kind of. You poor thing. But... Um, <laughs> It's weird because like other continents are mm. are like alien to me, and they're still so fascinating to me because I've never been there. Well, we so, I'm going to bring you there. I would love to go to the UK. I'd love to go to Ireland, Iceland, Australia, France, New Zealand, New Zealand. Yeah, there's th- those are probably my top seven or however many there were there that I want to visit. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, South America, like Brazil. Would be really cool. Yeah. Um, but that was a really loaded answer to a very simple question. But yes, <laughs> we would love to visit the UK. And if we do, let's meet up. 
Skylar asks, if you had to place yourself... Wait, how do we say this? If you had to place yourself as a character in a cartoon, movie, or show, who would it be? Okay. Hmm. Oh, boy. Do you have an answer? Um, the... I know. The cat... Wait, who are you going to say? For you? I thought you were going to say somebody in the Goofy movie. <laughs> you mean Max's friend? That mm. fat kid? No, I don't even know the characters in the movie. I just oh. <laughs> you love that movie. I was gonna say the cat from an American Tale. His name Aww. is Tiger. I don't really know why. Yeah, I've just always felt drawn to him. Okay. Also, that movie is my favorite movie ever, and it always makes me cry. So, what's yours? If I wanted to be a cartoon character. Um, probably Raven from Teen Titans. Oh my gosh. Because the original Teen Titans, the not original, Teen Titans Go. Yeah, not Teen Titans Go. I always thought Raven was so cool. Because she is, let's be honest. Very much. Like Starfire, yeah, she's really cute and like funny and cute. But I want to be Raven because she's so hardcore. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a better answer than. A cat? The cat, because there's really nothing similar to me in that character, besides wanting to be nice, I guess. It's too late. You already submitted your answer. Um, how about who you wish I was? Who I wish you were? Yeah, like of in a, a cartoon in a movie character or any kind of character. But it has to be a cartoon. I or... feel like I know your answer. No, it, any move. Oh, I guess. Cartoon. Okay, never mind. My bad. Who are you going to say? Captain Jack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so true. Rosie has an obsession with Captain Jack Sparrow. <clears throat> and I do too. <laughs> but I take too many showers to be like him. So, <laughs> so true. All right. On to... I really don't want to mispronounce this name. Can you do it? I think it's Paloma. Paloma. Thank you, Skylar and Claire, by the way. Number 15. Would you ever in the future consider becoming licensed foster parents? Yes. Yes and no. I would rather adopt. I would feel like I would get way too emotionally attached to the children. Oh, yeah. That we were That's right, parenting. They kind of will move on eventually. The idea of it is very intriguing to me. And I mean, it's only for the good, but I, for selfish reasons, think that for me, I'd have to adopt because I would just get too emotionally attached. But adoption has always been something that's been really tempting to me. We should have put Tony's question before this one, but we'll get to it. Thank you, Paloma. I really hope we're saying your name right. All right. Carissa, do you want to read it or should I? Go for it. Okay. Number 16, would you ever consider getting a dog? No. I really want a husky, um, but not like a young one. I want kind of a middle-aged one that's <laughs> really docile because there's this one on um, my mail route who was very sweet and quiet and like it would just walk up to me with big doughy eyes and just look at me and like let me pet it and never barked at me it was just so nice i 
do enjoy dogs. Okay, I'm not like the biggest dog person you're ever going to find in the world. But some dogs I like I really do enjoy, like my new jobs dog. But no, I do not personally want a dog. I feel like I'm out and about way too much and I don't want to tie myself down to not being able to be spontaneous and be like, oh, we're going to leave for our weekend. That's true. We love to travel. So I feel like it's just not in our lifestyle. We wouldn't be good dog parents, pretty much. Yeah. That's a good reason. Mm -hmm. All right. Also from Carissa, what was your wedding like? Very colorful. Our wedding theme or colors was a rainbow because we just couldn't really decide. <laughs> and we saw it in a magazine and we really liked it. So. Yeah. So we had all the colors. The bridesmaids were all in a different color. Same with the groomsmen. And we had like butterflies and different colored ribbons. <laughs> we had a lot of colors. It was at an old farmhouse um, that was, it was an old farm converted into. A wedding venue. It was actually it's a historical museum. Yeah, it talks. Gibbs. It teaches kids about Native American life and pioneer life. If you're from the St. Paul, Minneapolis area, it was at Gibbs Farm, mm-hmm. which is what on what street is it on Larpenter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, if you've heard of Gibbs Farms, that's where it was. Yeah. So we had like some photos taken outside of teepees and stuff. It was really cool. It was right up my alley, really. (laughs) Cool. Um, What is... Oh, and the harpist. (laughs) We walked down to the aisle to My Heart Will Go On from Titanic by a harpist. (laughs) (laughs) Which now is so corny to me, but I loved it. I just got... It it was so kind of your parents to make such a nice wedding for us. Yeah, it was spendy. (laughs) We were very lucky for that. All right. What inspired you to start podcasting? Also from Carissa, well, um, I'd say this is different than the question we already answered. Yeah, I will personally have always wanted to do something like this, but I wasn't sure it was podcasting. I just knew from my own experiences that I wanted to give my own knowledge and advice, I guess. my Experience. Yeah, give my own experience to those that would understand and be helped by it. And at first I thought that meant going into human services, but I realized that this was a much more effective way for me personally to do what I felt like I needed to do. Yeah. And for me, um, it was a lot to do with Rosie, like her specific passion for, you know, if you haven't heard Rosie's personal story, it's episode 18. You got to listen to it if you listen to our podcast. Um, because that has a lot to do with why we focus on the subjects we do um, and why we have a more victim based storytelling style. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, it was listening to Justin and Aaron and just like the conversation style, the way they made these cases come to life. And AKA Generation Y. Yes. Made you feel like you were there while they were telling certain parts of the story and really think about what they were experiencing at the moments that these things were happening to them. And that's something that I've, that's been my goal when I'm writing an outline is trying to tell it in a way, instead of just listing off a bunch of facts about what happened, 
instead getting into one singular moment in that person's life and trying to describe it as if I am that person and what they were experiencing. So instead of, you know, just blazing through, I like to pick like five specific moments in a person's life and explain those in as much detail as possible. If, if you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. that's kind of my goal. But thank you to Justin and Aaron for just having such a good format for mm-hmm. a true crime podcast. Such a it's a discussion based format instead of a you know fact based format. And thank you, Carissa, for those questions. Yeah, thanks, Carissa. Dustin asks, "Will you guys ever cover the Shannon Christian and Christopher Newsom case?" Yes. <clears throat> yeah, I had no idea what you were talking about, and then I looked up a video, and I don't want to give too much away because we definitely will be covering this case. Yeah. So um, thank you for bringing it to our attention because we had never heard of it. And wow, it's a doozy of a case. Yeah, we are going to cover it. Yeah. We once we finish this Epstein series, um, that's. <laughs> The Epstein series has been difficult for me because just finding finding details on the victims is so difficult for this case. And it's so sad because there's so much crap about Epstein, but nothing f- focused on the victims besides a couple people. Um, so we're going to be finishing it up in the next couple episodes, and then we'll be moving on to more stories like this where we're just going to focus on one story per episode because I mean let us know what you think but it seems like people respond better to uh, one-off episodes where the whole story is in one episode than ones with parts it's honestly what I prefer myself same all right number 20 by summer are there any cases that you absolutely don't think you will ever cover and if so which ones is it due to the time and emotional energy it would take or other reasons um, should we take this one question at a time? I can't really think of any cases that I would be completely turned off to talking about personally. I just don't want a case that is so gory that it's only going to um, be terrible for listeners to listen to. I don't know. Like, I don't want to offend anybody. Yeah. Well... It's tough to say that because at the same time, someone did experience what happened there. Mm-hmm. But I would have to say for me personally, I would probably never cover like Jeffrey Dahmer or... Oh, yeah. Overdone people. Yeah. Just cases that there's nothing left to say about them. And, you know... We're not interested in cases that focus on the perp. Yeah. Although... Like, Ted Bundy is just as big, but I would definitely do specific episodes just focused on, um, you know, certain people that mm-hmm. had experience with him. So that might be coming in the future. We're actually working on that, but we're not going to spoil that for you yet. But thank you, Dustin. Summer. Oh, duh. That was Summer's. For some reason, I thought we were still answering that other question. <laughs> Thank you, Dustin and Summer. I love your name, by the way. Um, back <laughs> when I was a dumb teenager, I love. I used to love the movie Five Hundred Days of Summer, and 
it's funny. I still like it, but I have a completely different perspective now than I did when I first watched it. Like I've completely switched my the side that I took. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do you? You can just tell me if I need to wrap it up. You don't have to make <laughs> hand motions. Not not many people probably even know that movie. I thought it was pretty big. It had Zoe Deschanel in it and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. Moving on <laughs> to Tony's question: When and if you have children, how protective will you be? Um, that's a tough question. Probably would be pretty protective. I don't even like leaving, letting my kids go to the bathroom at Target without me like waiting at the door. Yeah. <laughs> so this is a tough question because we're so inexperienced and we can't even imagine what it would be like to be parents at this point because we have no idea. Well, I feel like I'm a nanny, so I have somewhat of an idea. But just saying, like I think it depends what aspect of parenting you mean because like obviously public places like that and like physical protection is one thing and then there's the protection like you know just Mm -hmm. like i my goal would be to not be overbearing or controlling you know and when i do i don't want to use the word punish but when i discipline when i would discipline them it would be like as a like trying to teach them why why I want them to I can tell you right now I'd be the more strict one than you. Yeah. Probably. But like anyway, anytime I would discipline them, I'd want them to learn exactly like why I'm saying what I'm saying instead of you know, just telling them because I said so. But also that comes with age cuz obviously Really young kids can't understand that. But, again, what what do I know? I think we'd be relatively protective, though. Mm-hmm. I do, too. Definitely. After all the things you've experienced and all the subjects you've discussed on your podcast, the disturbing subjects, does this deter you from having kids? Yes. Definitely. Um, we're not planning on being parents, especially to our own spawn. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I have, I honestly don't have any motherly interest in having my own children, as terrible as that sounds. I'm very content just ha- being a nanny and having that, that connection with children that way, mm-hmm. but then being able at the end of the day to send them off to their parents and go home to my cats and husband. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really tough choice because I feel like becoming a parent you know, it's a whole new level of learning and life experience that really shapes you into, I mean, it has the potential to shape you into a much better person than you would be if you didn't have kids. And I have so much respect for parents that are able to take on their responsibility and do it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time... I don't think it's for me. Yeah. I, honestly, Ryan has wanted children more than me. And I have had to shut him down a few times. Well, and I don't really that often. But want you'll children. get the itch. Yeah. Well, again, like when I watched Endgame, <laughs> and Tony Stark had a kid, and love you three thousand. Yeah, when she said that, I was like, oh. <laughs> but then you got to think of the 
of the years leading up to that and all the sleepless nights. And it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I really respect parents for that. We're pretty in love with our life right now, and we don't need anything like that right Yeah. Now. Things might change, but for now we're pretty set. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to say it. Mm-hmm. We never really know. Okay. So from Sydney. Thank you, Tony, by the way. What cases or case inspired you to start a podcast? So we kind of covered that one, the Turpin case for sure. Yeah. Um, definitely the Turpin case. And my own. <laughs> yep. And I'd say just cases. At first, it was cases where, like with Mary Bell, I think that was our second case. And mm-hmm. just wondering like how a child could do this, you know, and be so... I, at, when we first started a podcast, we were very focused on child offenders and how they could get to the point where they could do that. And that kind of uh, rounded out into focusing on abuse. And, you know, it's always evolving, and we don't, you know, we've become more broad because it's... There's so many different stories, and we like to keep it interesting. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's. It was the. At first, for me, it was the child offenders and just wondering, like, how they could get to that point. Because, like, Cody Posey, Mary Bell, mm-hmm. Jasmine Richardson. Anyway, I think that's all I can say about it. Thank you, Sydney. Number 24 from Tara. Or Tara, what are some things you both like to do on your downtime? What do you? Personally, I love bullet journaling. It's something I take very seriously, in fact. Oh, yeah. So I really like to work on that. I also love reading, like, a lot. (laughs) In the summer, I love to paddleboard. I love to be outside. I love to not be inside, whether it be gardening or taking walks or paddleboarding or swimming just want to be outside what about you um well i really like making music since i was like 14 i've been making music in my basement um and i also like making goofy videos and I just like to make stuff, I guess. <laughs> stuff that will last and I can look back on in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'd say music is probably my number one favorite hobby. Mm-hmm. Mostly drums and guitar and like writing and producing stuff. I like baking too, but when I'm in the mood. Sometimes it's a real it's real hit or miss with baking. I mean they're like super into it or I'm just like, no. <laughs> so it's another thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really good when you do bake. Thank you. Thank you, Tara or Tara. <laughs> Sorry, we don't. I know a Tara and you know a Tara, so it's hard for us to know yeah. how this one's pronounced. <laughs> Someone I worked with was very, you know, adamant that it's Tara. But I know a Tara who spells it like that. I know. Okay, number 25 from Crystal. What is y'all's favorite ride at Disney? Good question. Easy for me. The Tower of Terror. Ooh, That's been yeah. my favorite ride forever, and it never gets old to me. <laughs> it's always scary. 
I just love it. I love everything about that ride. I think it's just so, it's so well done. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Last time we were on it, I remember when it was going down uh-huh. and my sunglasses were, I put my sunglasses in my shirt, like in the middle of where. On the collar. Yeah, on the collar. And when we were going down, they came up and they were like spinning around inside, like at eye level. Like they weren't falling to the floor because we were falling. <laughs> so they were just spinning in midair, like right in front of me. Like a living science experiment. It was pretty cool. Um, I also had to say the Mount Everest ride with the yes. Yeti. I love that ride. Yes, that's a really good one. And Peter Pan. But it's so hard to get on that ride, let's be honest. The line's always forever long. I think my favorite ride would be the Buzz Lightyear one, <laughs> where you shoot the targets. Because I, like, somehow I got, like, a really good score one time <laughs> I went through there. Um, hi, Zook. But anyway, that one's really fun. I kind of get motion sickness sometimes. We went on, what was that, Spaceship Earth? Or Spaceship? Space Mountain? No. The one where you're in a spaceship. And oh, Mission Space. Mission Space. Holy buckets. <laughs> I got so sick when we went on that. Yeah, you did. It was this funny. last time we were at Epcot. And, like, for the next hour, I was just walking around like, uh, uh. So, yeah, that kind of puts a damper on some of the rides for me. But I like the ones that are slower paced and interactive. Mm-hmm. Number 26 from Donna. Are you planning on having kids of your own? No. <laughs> Not in the plan. Um. Yeah, we already talked about that pretty much. Number 27. Is it against the law if someone knows about a crime and does nothing to prevent it from happening? Sounds like maybe this is happening to you, Donna. I don't know. Rosie's done some research yeah. to answer your question. So what I have to say is in most states, failure to report is not illegal, but a small minority of states do have laws that will punish individuals who failed to report certain types of crimes. It just depends on the severity of the underlying crime. For example, under Texas law, you can be charged with a Class A misdemeanor for failing to report an offense that resulted resulted in serious bodily injury or death. So, I mean, that's good. You'd think that would be the same in every state, but in Ohio, on the other hand, it's illegal to knowingly fail to report a felony. So it kind of depends on the crime itself, but uh, especially serious crimes here in Texas and Ohio, it's you can get charged for not reporting. And that's according to criminal.findlaw.com. Hmm. Oh, here we go. Mandatory reporting. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, here we go. There are specific people that are mandatory reporters, like Dr. Phil, and parents, teachers, school administrators, clergy, medical professionals, therapists, social workers, and others. So... All of these people are mandatory reporters, which means if they witness an act of child abuse or or find evidence of child abuse, he or she has a duty to report the incident to the appropriate authorities. So there you go. I think that should probably fall on everybody, not just those people. But, yeah, it is what it is. There you go. All right. Thanks for the questions, Donna. 
to Caitlin. Burritos right on my lap. Ooh, Caitlin, you got some fun questions here for us. This is our patron, Caitlin. I love her questions. They made me laugh while I was typing them out. (laughs) 28. If you could shrink anything and take it with you everywhere, what would it be and why? Um, probably burrito. Yeah. Because he's my little therapy kitten. But I would be scared that he'd get squished. (laughs) I wish he was just like a little... Little Palm pocket kitty. size, like you could just run around on your hand. I do. Like, I wish he could go everywhere with me. That'd be cool. <laughs> hmm. If I could shrink anything, I would. It would probably be my drum set because it's way too big. <laughs> like, it's such a pain in the butt to be a drummer. And then you can make it big when you wanted to. Yeah. But like, transporting drums is so annoying. Mm-hmm. So if I could shrink anything, that's what it would be. Very good question. Or my stuffed animal fetch. He's not small enough? Well, just so I'm not like a weird person with a stuffed animal. Oh, <laughs> bring him down to a keychain and then you can yeah. make him normal size at night. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Next question from Caitlin. If you could make a rule for a day and everyone had to follow it, what would it be? Ooh, that is a good question. That is a good question. Actually, I do think I know. Now, I know that there's such a thing as Earth Day, and people are supposed to take care of the Earth on Earth Day, but let's be honest, not that many people do. So I would have a rule for a day that every time you see a piece of litter, you pick it up and you throw it away. Wow. Everybody in the whole world follow that rule? Yeah. We get a lot of stuff done. Everyone had to pick up one piece of litter and throw it away. But, like, any that they see. So if you're driving, you pull over, you pick it up. Like, we get a lot done. Yeah. So that's mine. Um, cool. That's very helpful. Um, I'd say uh, if I could make a rule for everyone, it would be to call up someone that you were used to be close to but had a disagreement with and you kind of drifted apart and maybe became resentful of each other, and just have an honest conversation and try to work things out. Wow, that's interesting. Because if there was less resentment in the world, I think everyone would get along a lot better. Sorry. No. That was a little hardcore. (laughs) It's just been on my mind a lot lately. (laughs) Number 30. What's a holiday that doesn't exist that you'd like to create? Squirrel Day. It's a day that we honor squirrels for the amazing animals that they are, and we throw treat squirrel treats at them, and we put up little squirrel posters around town. You can dress up as a squirrel, tail optional. And if you run one over, you have to have a funeral for it. <laughs> you have to have a funeral and pay $5 to your local... Hum- no, $15 to your local humane society. <laughs> All right. Um, good stuff. I don't know how humane societies help squirrels, but maybe they do. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. What's a holiday? That is that the one yeah, you just said? Yeah. Okay. What's your holiday? Oh, duh. Um, hmm. Why didn't I think of this before? Mm-hmm. How about a day where... <sighs> Ooh. A day where... I, could, I don't know what it would be called, but you have to try one thing that you say you'd never do. 
For instance, I'd say I'd never be a vegetarian. So I'd try to go one whole day and <laughs> try to be a vegetarian. One whole day. Wow. A lot of effort into that. Well, the, the point of it is like putting yourself in other people's shoes and just trying things out mm-hmm. that you that are completely against what you believe oh, and gosh. feel. No, I, I mean not. You're against vegetarians no, now? No, I'm not. I just, <laughs> what I mean is I could never stop eating meat. Okay. Or I would never want to, I mean. I could if I had to, and I would, but... Like, that's not something I'm passionate about, but I'd love to give it a try on this holiday where you try something that you'd never do. We could try it tomorrow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number 31. If you had to replace your hands with something other than hands or claws, what would you put on the ends of your arms? <laughs> That's so funny. (laughs) What do you think? What would you put? Oh, man. Um, No claws, no hands. So Maybe just some sloppy octopus tentacles. Huh. See, you're going for something that can still grab stuff. Yeah, suction. Hmm. I'm going to go with wacky waving, inflatable arm flailing tube man hands. You can get a lot done with those. And just like, <laughs> you can whack people in the face. Hi, friends. <laughs> <laughs> it won't hurt anybody, but it'll just be fun to be like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, let's see. Where are we? 32. Would you rather fight 100 duck sized horses? Or one horse-sized duck. <laughs> what the crap? That's a good question. Well, you know, moving furniture. I over think here. a duck-sized horse would be adorable. Um, I don't want to fight anything. Oh yeah, fight them. Well, I'd say one. I'd I say would one rather... horse-sized duck would probably be easier than a hundred duck-sized horses because it's. Only one thing. I think 100 duck-sized horses would make me a little intimidated and scared. Yeah. You get trampled. That's 100 is a lot. I don't know. That would freak me out. So the one horse-sized duck. I love ducks anyways. They're superhero animals, if you think about it. But if it wasn't fi- fighting um, and it was just cuddling, I'd definitely do the 100 duck-sized horses if they had really soft feet like paws instead of horse what are they called um what are horse feet called hooves yeah (laughs) um so yeah thanks for that question sorry about the background noise burrito just knocked over a mic shield which yeah it's it's metal and it's loud so sorry about that um, number 33, would you rather be without elbows or without knees? Knees, I guess. I use my elbows way too much. True. Ugh, that's a tough one. But yeah, I'd have to go with that because I'd rather have more control over my hands than over my legs. I think. It's hard to say without experiencing it, but... Yeah. Thank you, Caitlin, no for knees. those questions. Thank you, Caitlin. Okay. Six questions. That's awesome. 
Next, we have Lizzie's questions. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? At this point in time, I'd pick Portugal. Yes. Because I absolutely adore Portugal. Lisbon. Probably Lisbon, Portugal. You were very passionate about Portugal when you came home last fall. Yeah, I did. I would love to visit. Um, Let's see. I would probably... Based on what I know, I'd want to live in Ireland. Or, if it's in the U.S., Portland. Not in town Portland, but in, like, the Oregon area. area. Um, I love the Pacific Northwest. It's very pretty. What is your favorite place to travel to? (laughs) Portugal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just obsessed with it. I absolutely love it. This is hard to answer because I wish I would have known more places. I also love France, but there is just something about the Portugal culture, Portuguese people that I really, really love. Right. But I don't know if I can answer this because I haven't been to enough places to really know. But if I have to answer it, I'd say Seattle. That's a good one. I love going to Seattle. Again, Pacific Northwest. Who are your celebrity crushes? Okay. Captain Jack Sparrow. Not necessarily Johnny Depp, but Captain Jack Sparrow. Chris Pratt. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Oh, yeah. Kylo Ren. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought you meant Adam Scott, the guy who plays Ben in Parks and Rec. I was like, yeah, okay. Chris Hemsworth as Thor. (laughs) Um... Like oh, Jim Sturgis. Delightful. Okay. And Ewan I think McGregor. you have enough. Ewan McGregor. Last one. Uh, and Paul Nutini. Oh, my goodness. That's like 10 people. Go ahead. Your turn. Amelia Clark, because she has a great smile. Very genuine. Mm-hmm. Um, man, who's that girl from? What's that show called? Um, I don't know. Pitch Perfect? No. Uh-huh. Not Anna Kendrick. Anna Kendrick? She's up there. <laughs> Let me see. No, she's from not... Oh, what was that show? A to Z. What's her name? I she was also know. in a Black Mirror episode. I am looking it up right now. Do, 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 do. do you have anything to say while I'm looking for this? No, I, I pretty much oh, said all of She also played the m- mother in the finale of How I Met Your Mother. What's her name? Kristen Milotti. <laughs> Okay. Also, Aubrey Plaza. Oh yeah. Um, man. <gasps> Ryan Reynolds. You can't have more. You're you're already at like seventeen. Ryan Reynolds is hot. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, I think we answered that thoroughly. What are your dream jobs? Um, probably. Um, you know that show where they're saving whales. And they're in, like, the ocean, and the boats are rocking, and they're, like, getting all the whale hunters out of there. Yeah. I would like that job. I think I'd be very good at it. Cool. I'd get way too seasick for that, I think. Yeah, I think you would, too. My dream job would be music producer. Mm. All right. What is your favorite food? Sush. Sushi. Pho. Love Vietnamese. And also... Tacos. Yep. I adore tacos so much. Yep. 
Oh, I'd say sushi as well. And burritos from Chipotle. And uh, steak, ribeye. Next. <laughs> Would you rather fly or breathe underwater? Probably breathe underwater. Just so uh, I could be more mermaid-like. Huh. That's a tough question, but I'd say fly. Because how fun would that be? It'd be super fun, but if somebody saw you, they'd be like, look at that person. But breathing underwater, you could be more hidden. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't think of that. All right. Describe your significant other in three to five words. Deep. Thoughtful. Um, what else would I say for you? What's the word I'm looking for? Deep, thoughtful, understanding, inconsistent. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad you threw some (laughs) negatives in there, too, because we're people. um, ADHD. (laughs) Thank you. That's all very accurate. Um, hmm. I'd say honest, loyal, um... What's a word for when... Well, I'll come back to that one. Um, What's a word for when you're really concerned about your appearance? Vain? Uh, Maybe, yeah. Self-conscious? Yeah, self-conscious is a better word. Um, But definitely honest, loyal. I I appreciate that you're willing to communicate. Oh, reasonable. You're very open to communication and just working things out. And one more, um, spontaneous. Thank you. I appreciate those. Okay, three more to go. Thank you, Lizzie, for seven questions. Terry, you're our last contestant. What's a pointless cool thing that you can do? A pointless cool thing that I can do? (laughs) What? I can make stuffed animals talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm a really good puppeteer. Like, I can make them have conversation with you with arm gestures. It's true. Do you want to give it a sample? No, I don't have a stuffed animal right now. Uh, and also, I can gleek on command. Just do it. No. Just do a sample of... <laughs> no, I no, I can't do it on of, that, like that. Of your voice for um, fetch. No. Please. I can't. Okay. <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> um, mine is I can make really I can make pitched pop popping sounds with my hands and mouth, where I clap my hands together and the clap forces air into my mouth, and then what I do with my mouth controls the pitch. So I'll do a sample. Maybe I'll post a video of that on Instagram. So I you can, can dolphin see what click. I'm doing. Wow, that does sound like a dolphin. Yeah. You can also roll your tongue into an M. I can. And a clover. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. Clover. But you don't have to do it on microphone. Right. It doesn't really work. All right. Um, what do you love to spend money on just for fun? Oh. Um, piercings for me. I'm up to what, fifteen? Yeah. I think you're at your limit, but um, I'd say 
music equipment. But more recently, a lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, a lightsaber. <laughs> you know, it's not my most responsible moment, but I love it. So that's what really matters, right? Mm-hmm. I like to spend money on a lot of things, but piercings is the one like consistent thing of the same thing that I spend my money on. Yeah. So here's our last question from Terry and our last question of this episode, episode. 100. What is your favorite alcohol? Beverage. Uh, I love a good Long Island. Love a good Long Island. In fact, <laughs> one of my nicknames has to do with Long Islands. Um, <laughs> Long Island Rosie. Uh, um, I also really like peach bourbon. And I like Moscow mules. find them delightful. And a good old rum and coke when I'm yeah. feeling like a pirate. Yeah. My favorite is definitely whiskey in general. But I love uh, Lafroy scotch. I love the peaty, smoky scotches. And I actually like Jack Daniels. A lot of people think it tastes like garbage, but I think it tastes like banana bread. <laughs> and I really enjoy just drinking Jack on the rocks. Um, but scotches I like neat because you can taste like the oily texture and stuff. Um, otherwise, I'm not a huge fan of mixed drinks because I like to do low carb. And sugar makes me my allergies really bad, so... I try not to have sugary drinks. So there you have it. I Those. just realized what a boring answer I just gave. <laughs> but scotch is very layered flavor, mm -hmm. and I, I very much appreciate it. And it, it takes so long to make. Tastes like a burning tire. It takes 10 years to make my favorite <laughs> scotch, and that's oh, on the low end. It tastes like a bonfire to mm -hmm. me, but everyone has their own taste. So, Wow. Episode 143 questions. There you have it. This was a lot longer than I expected it to be. We're at one hour and 23 minutes. Are we really? Yeah. Jeez Louises. It might, it'll be less when it's actually published because of like when we screwed up mm -hmm. and like the beginning stuff. But anyway, thank you guys. If you've made it this far... We appreciate it. I hope you feel closer to us as a couple and, and individual. Especially thank you guys for sending these questions to us. Because without that, we wouldn't have had an episode. Mm -hmm. So 100. We're in the triple digits now. So now it's time to answer the... Oh, my goodness, Rosie. What? The questions from Twitter from... <gasps> that... These are the ones that we missed. These are the ones I was thinking about. All right. This is from at made by Megan. Oh, wait. Made Megan. It's 100th episode questions. Rosie, what all did you do for the family you nannied for? And what is the difference with your new nanny job? Oh, okay. Um, well, my old job consisted of three boys. I had a... I started off with a five-year-old and a two-year-old, and then a third came along. And then I ended the job when I had an 11, eight-year-old, and four-year-old. Um, I was a homeschool teacher. I was in charge of, like, 
doing meal prep and baking and a little bit of house cleaning, bringing them to lessons and extra activities like their bowling league and their archery league, stuff like that. Um, and now my new job consists of two children, an 11-year-old girl and two-year-old boy. And the 11-year-old goes to school. I no longer have to do homeschooling. And the two-year-old takes a nap, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I do a lot of house cleaning and organizing for this family, which I actually, I, I love organizing things. So it's quite nice. Yeah. With Rosie's change, she she wanted something a little less stressful. Um because it was a lot of work doing homeschooling and looking after three boys. Mm-hmm. She would come home stressed out a lot. Um, but now things are getting better. They're a little easier at work, wouldn't yes, you say? a lot, And yes. now you work six days on, and then you have, or I guess you work four days one week, two days the next week, and then you have a chunk of days off so you can recover. So... It's a pretty cool schedule. It's a really awesome schedule. And the next question, Ryan, what is your new job? I don't think I heard you say. Um, let's answer these last two questions first, and then I'll get to that, because it's a lot to explain. Do your families get along, question mark? Yeah. Yeah, My, I think my so. mom, uh-huh. we were just hanging out this morning with my mom and your grandma and aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. It's a very nice time. All right. Do they listen? Uh, mm. Yeah, Rosie's dad listens. Yeah, and, and he's a patron. My mom and your mom listens. I don't it? know if she listens, but she's a patron, <laughs> yeah. which we appreciate so much. Um, yeah, I mean, some of our family members are more supportive than others, definitely. Of the podcast, yeah, in general, right? But I mean, just because they're not supportive of the podcast doesn't mean they're not supportive in other areas of our life, so. right? But I think that's yeah. to be expected. You know, it's not like. I think we have a decent relationship with pretty much everyone in our family, though, at this point. Right. The family drama isn't from us. It's from other family. Yep. <laughs> so, that answers those questions. So now, my new job. Over the past several months, I've been working a lot at the post office, working overtime pretty much every day. But at the post office, you only get paid overtime for the three weeks before Christmas. So all this overtime I was working, I wasn't getting paid for. Pretty much every holiday season for the past several years, I've seen myself change into a more negative and cynical person because I'd be so weighed down with work and so just overwhelmed with that, I didn't have time to focus on other things in my life. And there was no compromise or wiggle room either. I had to be there. I would put in for time off and it wouldn't get approved because we had such a shortage of subs and I was just getting really burnt out. Actually, workplace burnout is very common, and it changes you as a person. I saw changes in myself for the worse, and it scared me. I was surrounded by people at work that were constantly negative and complaining all the time, and for good reason, but being around all that negativity and feeling powerless to change things for the better is really toxic. It really took a toll on me, and it was affecting my family life. I was too exhausted to fully be there for my family. I mean, I have an older mom I want to take care of and give my time to. I have many nieces and nephews I want to be there for and, you know, be a solid example and friend in their lives. And I have a wife I care about, and she has her own family, 
with a whole separate set of people on that side. And I realized I didn't have the energy or motivation to do what I needed to do to be a good son, uncle, brother, or even husband. So between the burnout of being overwhelmed, not getting paid for my time, the toxic attitude of the people around me, and just the negative effects on my family and my own happiness, I knew I needed to make a change. I wanted to do something that would make me happier so I could be there for my family when they need me. You know, like on the airplane, I needed to put the oxygen mask on myself before trying to help anyone else. The final straw was when I got bronchitis, and this was in February. After calling in two days in the beginning of February and one day at the end, even though I got a doctor's note for both times, my boss brought me in for a day in court where they basically ask you a bunch of personal questions about your sickness, and then they determine if they need to punish you or not. Later that day, he told me I was going to be on a two-year probation where I lost my right to call in sick. So, after giving my late teens and most of my 20s to this place, and all the ridiculous changes I put up with, going from one hamper of parcels per day up to five hampers after Amazon, without getting paid any more than I was before, and now this, like, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around it. And my sickness was caused from the overwork and burnout, which I told him in my day in court. But he still put me on probation, and I get it. They need to put you in your place and make sure you know that they're the ones in control. So I told him, I'm actually going to be leaving this spring. And from that moment, I got to learning as much as I could about workplace burnout, quitting a full-time job, golden handcuffs, the value of finding meaning in your life over being wealthy, and... Also the complicated stuff like taxes and business management. So I really did all I could, but even before that, I was working to reduce our spending. The key for me was not finding a job that would replace the salary I was used to, but actually cutting back our financial obligations enough to be able to make less money. So after a lot of financial planning to get rid of those so-called golden handcuffs, I finally left the post office. So I'm going to be delivering groceries to pay the bills and support us while also having more time to work on the podcast and make it the best it can be. Um, I'll be able to have Saturdays off finally with Rosie because it sucks working Saturdays when your wife is at home and you really want to be with her. Um, so now I can make my own schedule. I'll be able to have more time to work on the podcast and I'm really excited about that. So with that said, starting in April, we'll be releasing regular monthly episodes on Patreon, and I'm hoping we can get it to bi-weekly and eventually a weekly episode, both on Patreon and the main feed, because I want to give our patrons more. You guys have been so supportive and so good to us, and there's a lot of times that we want to do something, but we just can't get to it because we're so busy and we want to give you something back for your generous support. Mm -hmm. But we found an opportunity to be able to cut back and simplify our lives. Rosie's grandma wanted to buy a duplex and move in with someone in our family. So as the years go on, she'll have someone at her house to take care of her. And also she goes to Arizona for half the year so we can keep an eye on the house. Yeah, that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be moving in with Rosie's grandma and maintaining the property 
and it's going to help us cut back on expenses mm -hmm. so we won't need as much money. So Friday, March 13th, was my last day at the post office. Yep. A little scary, but overall very good so far. Rosie, how do you feel about it? I think it'll work out. And if it doesn't, we'll figure something out. Yeah. Well, I parted the post office on good terms. They said the door's always open if I want to come back. And so, you know, that's there as a fallback plan. But for now, just enjoying my day-to-day -day life is a lot more valuable to me than, than having more money. Because if I'm miserable during the day, then I come home and I'm not a great husband. I'm not a great son. I'm not as good as I could be. There's no amount of money that can make it okay to be away from your family for that long. Or just to, to be so discouraged in life that you're not as good of a family member as you could be to your family. So mm -hmm. I'm more focused now on being here, making my own schedule, being able to be home with Rosie on Saturdays. It was hard for the past eight years for our relationship for you to be home Saturdays and me to be at work it's like a whole day that's kind of just wasted so this was my first weekend at home and it was so nice to be able to spend time together and it was really nice it really helped me see the value of that over the value of supposed financial security because what's more important you know and I know it's different for everyone but that's just my personal experience and it is scary but at the same time, if you want to take charge of your life and take a risk, especially with all the sickness going around, I just want to be able to be there for my family. And I understand. I completely understand people being concerned about it. I mean, I'm concerned myself. If you're going to take a risk, you should be scared. But it's even scarier to be stuck in a spot that makes you miserable. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I'm going to be spending more time on the podcast to keep trying to grow and make the podcast better, better quality, better storytelling. And also, we're going to start trying to release more Patreon episodes. It'll be exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, that's the big news with my job. It's scary. It's really scary. But I think I've already said what I'm trying to say. It's just more valuable to me now to take care of my family and grow something that we really care about. So, do you have anything else to say, Rosie? No, I think we've kind of squeezed the talking sponge dry. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 100 episodes, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Next week, we'll be back. Mm -hmm. Rosie looks very tired. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up. And we'll talk to you next week. Bye.